morning. Well, actually, afternoon, y'all. This is Welcome to Book World, The Great Escape. Um, I'm CJ Peterson, one of your co-hosts with author, sorry, point the right way, author Michael Scott Clifton is the other co-host. Today, we're going to be talking to Miss Linda Pertle regarding Cozy Mysteries. Now, Linda is the wife to Caleb, who we had on in January. So they're like a dynamic duo when it comes to authorship. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I really looked forward to this visit and uh, haven't seen either of you for a while. So I know this will be really pleasant, a pleasant afternoon. Yeah, you're kind of like in between us because he's way up in the northern part of East Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of middle and you, you guys are like smack in the middle of that. Well, we're kind of a triangle here. Yep. <laughs> Just kind of wave as we go by to see my career go to up there. So it's kind of neat. But um, so, Mike, how was your weekend? Uh, it's been good. Uh, we are looking forward to going to Myrtle Beach next next week. See my brother and sister-in-law. And uh, my daughter and son-in-law are coming. Unfortunately, our grandson, who's 15 months old, caught COVID. Oh, no. So uh, I think he's, he's over, over it. But I don't know if he's going to be able to go now because, you know, they're complete recovery and all that kind of thing. But uh, we're looking forward to it. And as we were talking earlier with uh, with Linda, uh, got my garden going and uh, enjoying working in it. And uh, uh, hopefully it will not burn up while I'm gone <laughs> because of the heat that we're expecting next week. Well, like I said before, we're at we've been at that heat for going actually since the beginning of May. We've we've been toppling over 90 degrees. So it's it's been a brutal summer already. And it's not even July. So. I don't need a lot of wind. Lot yes. Of wind. Yes. We I don't do think I remember I don't think I remember a uh near, near having this much wind for so long uh in the spring and now early summer. I mean it just stops doesn't stop blowing. It, I oh. know, but <clears throat> thankfully we have it because we've been spending every weekend on either a uh, soccer field or a baseball uh, field and that breeze really pulls it off yeah yeah when it's hot yeah so um so your plans are going to Myrtle beach next week right sure yeah yep and awesome. uh, oh i was at the san antonio bain street heritage days uh last <laughs> saturday and patty wiseman and nancy hudgens that we both had on book world they're both there so we got to Got to visit, sell a few books. Uh, it was nice. Awesome. They are a dynamic duo within themselves, yep. aren't they? Yep. Yep. They sure are. <laughs> so let me see. This last weekend was playing catch up. I've been working on my book. I got to get to the editor, the new one coming out at the end of August, which is about time travel wow. with a unique twist to it. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then my stepson and his girlfriend are coming next, this coming weekend. And then the next weekend, we're going to go to, and I share this with you guys, Fan Expo Dallas. We see two people in particular, <laughs> Sean Esten and um, Nathan Fillion. That's my birthday present. Cause this is, those who don't know, this is my 50th birthday month long celebration. So stuff is going on throughout the entire month. Mm -hmm. And in keeping with that, I'm also running a contest for those who are watching via YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel 
And then take a screenshot that you subscribed it, to it and then email it to me at C-J-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N-W-R-I-T-E-S. You'll be entered into a giveaway for a $10 Amazon gift card. Pretty easy peasy. You'll be added to my newsletter if you're not already following it. And on the 29th of June, I will spin it live on YouTube to see who gets the card. So it's an easy thing to enter and you can get 10 bucks. <laughs> Well, happy birthday. Huh? <laughs> I said that will buy at least two e-books. On Amazon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of books, are you part of the whole um, anthology book thing? I am. Right. Magnolia. Before, yeah. I, before I brought that up, I wanted to clarify. Um, so Linda and her husband are part of the underground authors. They've been talking to me. I haven't given them a solid yes or no yet. Um, they're doing like a book anthology, not just an anthology, like an anthology of books. Like each author in this underground author is writing their own books. So Caleb's, his is out. Uh, C.W. Hawes's is out. And we had him in, in May. And then this month was Cindy Davis. So, and we know that Rox and Charles is, is August. When is yours? Mine is October. Okay, cool. Ooh, scary. Uh, in fact, before we uh, hooked up here, I was doing some edits, last minute edits on mine. And we're already planning the second season. So, and we really want you two to participate. Well, What's I'm looking at the schedule. What's the uh, name of the anthology? Uh, it's the Magnolia Crime <clears throat> Chronicles. Yep. And right now there are about... 10 authors involved in it. And um, we made up a, an imaginary town, of course, Magnolia Bluff. Uh, we each developed our characters and we share our char characters within each other's novels. Mm -hmm. And the only promise we made was that we wouldn't kill off someone's main character. Without permission. I know that there was that caveat, without permission. <laughs> without permission. That's right. Well, it's, it's been interesting. Funny. It's been a fun thing. To well, do. the whole concept is is pretty cool, but you know, he kind of gave us the ins and outs. I'm like, because how does that even work? Because you could be working on a book, and somebody else could bring, you know, a different character in, and you still got to work in this town that's already been established. So, just the concept of it sounds really cool. It it is, and the thing is, most of, in fact, we were talking this morning. Most of the books are going to end up being cozy mysteries mm -hmm. when you get right down to it. Um, and I don't, you don't have to really concentrate on everybody's character. Mm -hmm. You can have that person in one scene or, and I'll, you two are familiar with Jim Callen. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I have his uh, father, Frank, in uh, one of my scenes in my book. So it's a very short scene, but as long as we mention them in some way, then we fulfilled the interaction among the characters. So it's really based in the same town and you, sh and you share some of the same characters or if, if you want to, uh, but basically it's the story for each author as anything goes, as long as you stay within the framework of the town of and the, the basic. Town. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be mysteries. It could be anything. It just has to be based on the town of Magnolia. It really yeah. could be anything, but, uh, you know, we all like mysteries. But and it's kind of centered on a specific date in this town. 
That's Caleb's book. Oh, that's Caleb's book specific. Yes. Okay. I thought that that was like the general idea through a month. No, no. My book is coming out in October. Mm -hmm. uh, in my book, I've just finished uh, trick-or-treating and we're mm -hmm. moving into Thanksgiving. And um, Kelly Marshall, who is an author out in uh, Washington State, follows me in November and she picks up with November and all the activities that would occur during that particular month. So, whatever. so you're writing, you're, I'm sorry, you're writing for whatever month you're actually publishing. We're trying to bring in that time frame in, in each book. Gotcha. And Roxburghy um, uh, says it's a big, small town. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many seasons we can keep going because if we keep killing everybody, there won't be. <laughs> Well, it's a big small town. So, you know, it's kind of like watching Stranger Things. I would have moved out of Hawkins, Indiana, the first season. But that's, you know, that doesn't help with the rest of the storyline. So. You know, I just make sure when I write that uh, none of my friends recognize themselves. <laughs> there you go. So, big question since you kind of brought it up. You said most of them are cozy mysteries. What's the difference between a cozy mystery and an actual just mystery? Well, of course, usually in a cozy mystery, there's a serious crime, uh, murder. It's pretty serious. Mm -hmm. uh, cozy mysteries have been called gentle murders. Now, how can you have a gentle murder? I was going to say, how does that even work? <laughs> murder not like a But in a cozy mystery, the dastardly crime occurs off stage. Okay. You, you see the results of it, but it isn't so graphic as oh, a regular thriller, suspenseful mystery would be. So the, graphic, the graphics have come down a few notches from an actual they mystery. They are. They are. It, the storyline is probably not a G, but it is an X rated either. So. PG um, 13? I'm sorry, what? PG 13? Maybe PG 13. Uh, not a lot of cussing in it, curse words, but there can be a few. Um, usually, there's a it's a female sleuth who solves all of the uh, mysteries. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in a cozy mystery, developing the characters is probably as important, if not more important, than the sequence of events. Mm -hmm because people have to really uh, like that character. That character has to be believable. Let's see. Now, one of the unique characters in your cozy mysteries is a white poodle. I love dogs. <laughs> so, yes. In fact, I have a black and white poodle lying here on the floor beside me. Um, Eli is unusual. Uh, I don't know if... Uh, Either of you know any Brown very well, but my very first book that I wrote, The Mahjong mm -hmm. Murders, I had a whole chapter in that book from Eli's point of view. And she edited it. She said, and I'm sorry, but dogs don't have a point of view. <laughs> so we, we had a big debate over that. And I said, all right, I can rip that chapter out. But yes, dogs can have a point of view. We just can't maybe understand it, but it's there. And, uh, but usually the uh, female sleuth will have a sidekick. It may be a pet, 
It may be a best friend. And uh, when I talk to people about cozy mysteries, I usually mention the Hallmark mysteries. Mm -hmm. Because just think about Aurora Teagarden. She's a librarian. Uh, In fact, my main character in the Magnolia series is a librarian. Mm -hmm. Very prim and proper. Um, She uh, can run a business. It can be any kind of business. uh, A caterer. uh, I think Diane Mott Davidson has some cozy mysteries. And her main character uh, is a caterer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dying for Chocolate is... um, one of Sally Bernethy's. Like the title. That's awesome. And uh, so it's just, uh, it can be just anything really. Uh, Jinx Schwartz, who's one of our underground authors. Oh, she's she's very good. She's a USA Today bestseller. Mm -hmm. And her, in her cozy mysteries, her main character is named Hedda Coffey, who owns a yacht Mm -hmm. and, uh, stays on her yacht and has all kinds of experiences. Uh, she also has an RV motorhome. So uh, she's a unique character that you really fall in love with when you read her books. So, so Linda. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, Linda, so with your, your characters that you talked about, the development of characters is important with Cozy Mysteries. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but with Cozy Mysteries, the characters – that actually do the sleuthing, the ones that are trying to unravel the mystery. Uh, they're not necessarily law enforcement personnel of any kind. They just happen to be characters who are inquisitive or somehow get thrust into a situation, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, and my, my, uh, my character is very nosy. Okay. <laughs> I think I think you have to have that curiosity mm-hmm. or be nosy. And she's not only that, she's pretty bossy. Um, she She's very uh, independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be intelligent, uh, Mike, uh, sure. as well as you, you wouldn't have that curiosity if you didn't have a, an intelligent brain. They don't have to be a college graduate. I but, see. Uh, but they can be. So now, are you? Go ahead. So are your main characters, do you, uh, are they male, female? Do you kind of swap them out? Are you more comfortable with a female main character as opposed to a male? I'm more main... comfortable with a female. You know, I grew up reading Nancy Drew and yeah. uh, Agatha Christie. And uh, so predominantly in Cozy Mysteries, the sleuth is a female. But there's a new trend right now. Uh, there are a lot of male sleeves that are the main characters in uh, some cozy mysteries. Um, In fact, I have quite a few male characters in this new book, mainly because I'm pulling from the other author's characters. And what was really interesting, when I wrote one of the chapters and I used uh, one of the characters, male characters from one of the other authors, I sent it to him to make sure that I was staying true to his character mm-hmm. because he had developed a certain personality for that character and I wanted to keep that personality um, be true to what he wanted I see. but he picked up on something that I had done that he had not considered um, 
he had his character. It's a very mysterious man who's come into town. Nobody knows uh, his history or his background. Uh, he's a very wealthy man, owns a coffee shop that no one ever goes into except this group of round table. Uh, and I got this idea, the round table group from a restaurant in Lindale because I, you know, you know what a faux pas is. Mm -hmm. I mentioned to one of my friends about the old nosy gossips who go to this one particular cafe and meet every morning for coffee and talk about everybody in town. And she said, oh, that's where my husband goes every day. (laughs) So (laughs) I have that group of characters in this story. And uh, the way I had portrayed uh, the, the other author's character he said, I really kind of like what you did with him because that makes him more uh, likable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, kind of gives you a different perspective on your own character. That's kind well, of cool. You know, and it's kind of like if you are an investigator uh, and you're uh, trying to get the facts about an accident and you uh, interview about three witnesses, you're not going to get the same perspective from each of no. those people. Correct. So uh, when you read, uh, uh, Caleb and I have talked about how you should describe your character as far as physical characteristics and what have you. And he's a real advocate of that. But there are other authors who believe that really isn't necessary. You write the story and let the reader develop his or her opinion and visualize that person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so so you're. So do your character? Do you have your uh, minor characters? Uh, do you have uh, what kind of relationships to, in a cozy mystery? I know that it's not in the romance genre. Is it just pals, friendships, uh, uh, sidekicks? Mike, I think there needs to be an element of romance in everything, including whether your sidekick in a cozy mystery is a relative or a good friend you really need another character in there that's going to develop some of that a tingling sensation that you get. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's just real life, though, because stuff like that's going to come up in real life regardless. Exactly. You know, it's just it's exactly. how it's presented. Like you said, it's it's like a PG or a PG-13 version of it, which is great, you know, especially for, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, full of violence and swear words. It's oh. to be a good story. Just write the good story it, to the best of your ability. Uh, but you're right. In true life, there are people that, well, we're all married. So mm-hmm. at some point in time, we had to hear those little bells when we <laughs> met someone. And, uh, or when you shook hands with someone, that vibration going up your arm. Uh, you, you know, there's nothing X-rated about that. Right. So. Exactly. Well, and in most books... I mean, this is my own personal opinion. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but it's almost like a recipe where certain elements are heavier than others, but every book has kind of an element of almost all, all the different right. elements. Right. Most, which one's the most dominant is the yeah. one that you actually target with. And, you know, most cozy mystery writers are involved in a series of books mm-hmm. because the people love the main character so much. They want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you develop, for example, Magnolia Bluff, you want people to go there. Um, we watch a lot of uh, series on uh, Prime or Netflix that deal with Great Britain. 
and you see these little villages, well, you want to go to that village on your vacation and uh, put yourself in that setting or that scene that has appealed to you within the story. It's funny you should mention that because my wife used on PBS, she would watch Inspector Morse, mm-hmm. uh, mid, uh, uh, summer, midsummer murders. Anyway, uh, I got her, we, I talked her into getting BritBox as a streaming service. So now she's got me watching some of the original, uh, Inspector Morse. So that was a question and, and it's great, but I was going to ask you, okay. So with mysteries, you obviously have twists and turns. That's that's yeah. just part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with Morse, it's almost like you have to have your notepad out and you're keeping, you're taking notes. So how uh, it, it's, I guess my question is on, on the cozy mysteries you write, how convoluted do you want the twists and turns to be in terms of figuring out at the end who did what, uh, if you understand what I'm saying, how complicated. I, 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 I like the twists and turns. Mm-hmm. And at, in every book, at some point in time, I have my main character sit down and write a list of everything, which sometimes throws the reader off as well. Well, that's kind of helpful too, because you don't have to necessarily take notes. You can actually just enjoy the storyline as it unfolds. Exactly. We'll catch you up at a certain point. Exactly. Uh, The first book I wrote, uh, Caleb edited it for me, and I had a friend look at it who does not like to read. She always did my math homework for me, and I always did her English homework. (laughs) Until we got caught, of course. When the test came out, we both flunked, so we got caught. But uh, I knew she would love to read it and find something wrong with it. And sure enough, she did. She found three typos. So I yanked it off of Amazon, corrected those three typos, and added another 25,000 words to the story. (laughs) And then gave it to Caleb to read again. And he said, well, you switched murderers. And I said, well, I like this murderer better than the other. That's the beauty of being the author is, you know, you can put these little misdirections in there. And then you may surprise yourself in the end of who actually always oh, yeah. did it because you're not like until you reach a certain point, you can kind of keep dropping some herrings because uh-huh. you never herrings, you never Well, as you as you develop the plot, almost every character you have in it could be a red herring. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So it's like as as the list narrows down characters. You know, you can kind of hit it. And my favorite mysteries to read are the ones that you really don't know who did it till almost completely to the end. Yeah. That's that's yeah. how I try to do mine. Mm-hmm. There's hints along the way, um, but I don't reveal that person's identity until the end. And the one, and it, but you know, though you've, you're both authors, and you know that sometimes there's this one character that just won't go away. Yeah. You just have to, doesn't begin that way, but as you develop your story, you really fall in love with this particular character. And so I have a character in the book I've just finished who admits to one of her escapades. So she know we know she's guilty of that, 
uh, we don't know what else she's guilty of having done until mm-hmm. the very end. Mm-hmm. And but she's not the murderer. Hmm. It's closely associated with the murderer. And I have her leaving toward the end of this book because I intend for her to come back in my next. Okay. My next. So, book. I was going to, I was going to ask you about that as well. You know, Sherlock Holmes has Dr. Moriarty, mm-hmm. you know, a recurring bad guy. So do you have uh, in your, in your cozy mysteries, do you have a recurring bad guy or bad girl that I do comes back? My- in my series, The Games We Play, mm-hmm. I have a fellow who's part of the uh, mafia, and uh, he is my leading character's nemesis. Uh, he is responsible for the death of her loved one, mm-hmm. and she is determined to bring him down. And uh, in the last book, she has to go all the way to Canada to get him, but she gets him. Yeah, I read that. That's a good one. So we have a little bit under five minutes left. Is there any one, any advice that you would give for any authors who are wanting to write like a cozy mystery? Kind of like one really good nugget to take away? I would say think back on the other cozy mysteries that you have read. What did you like about those characters? What did you, uh, how did you feel when the uh, author described a particular town Mm -hmm. Uh, because the town, the setting becomes a character within itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what do you like in a character? And then develop your character like that. Uh, Run a a resume for that character. Hmm. I always do that. It's a full description of the character's appearances, the profession, uh, what that person uh, hopes to achieve Mm -hmm. as being a character in your book. What's that person's goal? And that's part of my educator. You have to have your objectives. I was about to ask you if you're a planner or a pantser, but you literally just... I'm a planner. I have to be. (laughs) I know. You said something about a whole resume. I'm like, oh, and the hives are starting to break off. I have to admit, though, by the time I get two thirds through the book, I kind of let the character have a oh, little okay. bit free will. <laughs> I know, like, there's sometimes where I had a character come in and it was only meant for that particular book in the series. And they're just kind of like, they tell you, like, no, I'm staying. Yep, right. Yep. Like it a little bit in here and you're stuck with me. <laughs> right. So. But, you know, those make the best types of characters the ones that come out of nowhere yeah right well and i have had friends say that was you wrote about me that's that's and i said (laughs) no it's not you it's a composite of people i've met in my past yeah some of mine are 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 actually directed from an actual person Uh Um, people ask me all the time can i be a character in your book but their one request immediately following that is just please don't kill me oh yeah Yeah. so (laughs) I'm like, I, I can't guarantee the second, but yeah, I could probably handle the first. I, I could figure out a character like you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a character's name usually tells you everything, uh, not everything, but a great deal of what you need to know about that character. It's always symbolic. <laughs> this is from my daughter, Morgan. She goes, your characters are lucky to live. <laughs> yes, I am a literary assassin and I own it. Yep. 
but they're glorious deaths and they have meaning. None of them, you know, I don't just kill somebody off just to kill somebody off. There's, there's a meaning behind it. Exactly. And yeah, you know, as long as you don't go against the character of the character. That's and true. as That's long, true. exactly. And as long as there's a reason for it or a reason for the direction of that character, then I say go for it. But that's me. That's the that's the pantser in me. So you know. But thank you so much for coming on today, Linda. You were thank a- you for having me. It's thank been such a pleasure to visit with both of you. For anybody thank who wants you. to learn more about Ms. Linda Pertle and her books, um, you can also check out her and her hubby's books because they share a website. It's www.calebandlindapertle.com. That's P-I-R-T-L-E. So Caleb and Linda Pertle.com. Check them out. Check them out. I've read a couple. I have a few of the review. I have at least one of them is reviewed on my shelf life blog. Miss Linda is actually was the very first author I interviewed on my shelf life blog. So you can just scroll down there and find it under the shelf life blog post on my website, cjpetersonwrites.com. Um, in the meantime, next week, Mike has already mentioned he's going to be, you know, enjoying Myrtle Beach next week. So we're not yep. going to have a book world. But the following week after that, we're going to have uh, Miss Jana Morrow. Coming. Morrow, sorry, I was looking forward to make sure I said it right. Jana Morrow is going to be coming on the 22nd of June to talk to us about beta readers. We've kind of touched on that subject a little bit in past ones, but we're going to go more in depth. She's okay. First of all, she's a planner to the nth degree. She's the polar opposite of me as far as writing, um, but she utilizes beta readers and she utilizes them sometimes in a unique way. So I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to be. And that's going to be on June 22nd at one o'clock PM central time on the same channel. You found us today, either the Facebook group of book world, the great escape, my YouTube, which actually I preached a hundred. So it literally <laughs> is my own channel at CJ Peterson on YouTube and Mike's YouTube as well. And I think you're on there as Michael Scott Clifton. Yes. So you can find us on YouTube as well and share this with your friends. And thank you, Miss Linda. In the meantime, enjoy, grab a book. It is summer, so summer reading time starts now. Bye.